0: No wonder so many of us succeed, yet inwardly regard ourselves as failures. No wonder so many of us are secretly bitter and do not know why. No wonder we have so much and enjoy so little, for we have become Fatipur Sikris, having everything but the source of living waters, God. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 148, When Rabbi Visited Fatipur Sikri. I'm Mayor Soloveitchuk. One of my revered teachers was Rabbi Norman Lamb, who passed away at the end of May 2020. Rabbi Lamb was for decades the president of Yeshiva University. He saved the institution from bankruptcy and propounded in his writings and rhetoric Yeshiva's affiliated philosophy of Torah Umada, Revelation and Worldly Wisdom. He is therefore one of the most significant figures in American Judaism in the past half-century. But as I argued in commentary, it is therefore easy to miss that prior to assuming the leadership of Yeshiva, He was also the greatest composer of sermons in the English-speaking rabbinic world. For the many years prior to assuming the presidency, he was a pulpit rabbi for much of his career at the Jewish Center in Manhattan. Today, every single sermon from 1952 to 1976 is available online in the Lamb's Sermon Archive. Reading the PDFs of these typewritten pages, along with the edits added by hand, one senses the labor of love that produced them, the attention that was painstakingly paid to both substance and style. This man practiced homiletics not merely as a duty, but as a delight. The sermons, as I've noted in my written tributes to Rabbi Lamb, take one through the Torah text of that week's reading, but also through the issues of the day, Israel's early years, Kennedy's assassination, the moon landing Vietnam, the Six-Day War, and the Yom Kippur War. It may be that in its breadth, no other sermon collection compares in Jewish history. One of my favorite sermons was inspired by a trip he took, and by our own verses in the book of Jeremiah. In chapter 17, Jeremiah gives us some of his most famous phrases. For example, we have the expression, Baruch hagever asher yivtach ba'ashem. Blessed is he who places his trust in God. The passage begins, verse 5. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the bush in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh. But shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a barren land not inhabited. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. To trust in God, Jeremiah says, is to be akin to a tree planted next to a sustaining water source. It is this allegory that Jeremiah further pursues in describing Israel's idolatrous abandonment of the Almighty. Verse 13, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. The Almighty, then, is our ultimate spiritual water source. And as Rabbi Akiva notes in the Mishnah, there is also a possible pun here. God is called Mikve Yisrael, the hope of Israel. And Mikveh can also be read as a pool of water. The link between God and water has appeared in Jeremiah before. Chapter 2, verse 13. God says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water it is this comparison that helped inspire a remarkable sermon in 1961 by rabbi lam delivered on rosh hashanah the then very young rabbi began his sermon by describing a trip he had taken to a remarkable city in india built by a king akbar a city named fatpur sikri rabbi lam described akbar's exquisite creation and then told the story behind it quote After spending what today would be millions upon millions of dollars to build it, employing thousands of slave laborers for many, many years, the king and his court never had much of an opportunity to enjoy the wealth and beauty of Fatapur Sikri. For shortly after they moved in, they discovered to their dismay that the architects had built the city without thinking of a water supply. And since there was no well or other source of water in the vicinity, they all had to move out. And Fatapur Sikri has been a ghost town for these past four centuries rich, exquisite, glorious, but empty, dead, a ghost town, End quote. These are Rabbi Lamb's words. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I often say, often half-jokingly, that all trips rabbis take, indeed almost everything they do, is largely in search of good sermon material. And this experience for Rabbi Lamb gave him a remarkable metaphor for his sermon. One of the most striking aspects of reading Rabbi Lamb's sermons today is to see how fearlessly critical he was of the spiritual state of American Jewry. But this, I think, went hand in hand with the effort and sophistication that was so obvious in his sermons, because Rabbi Lamb showed thereby that he respected those to whom he was speaking, so that whatever his message was, he was seeking not merely to emote at his audience, but rather to speak with them. This is what Rabbi Lamb further said, quote, I mention this today, the day of self-judgment and self-criticism. For the story and fate of Fatah Sikri is to me both a symbol and a warning to American Jewry. Remember that a well or a fountain of water is more than just a supply problem for an engineer or city planner. It is a life-giving necessity for everyone, and as such, a poetic symbol in religion for God himself. In the words of Jeremiah, O Tiazvu Mekor Mayim Chaim My people have abandoned me, says God, the fountain of living waters. God is the creator and source of all life and existence is the well or fountain of the waters of life, and we have indeed abandoned him. Like the foolish builders of Fatipur Sikri, we have laid our plans, worked at building family and fortune, attended to a myriad of complex details in establishing ourselves and our reputations, and forgot to arrange for the water supply, forgot that for a meaningful life you must have God, the fountain of life. We have become, in the words of King David, Shechei Elokim, those who forget God, for American Jews rarely deny God, they usually ignore him, even as the architects of King Akbar simply forgot about a source of water. End quote. Rabbi Lamb then applied his words to his present. What he said, the language that he utilized, was strong but also exquisitely crafted, and so the respect for his audience was made manifest. Listen to what he said, quote, We live the major part of our lives, until well into our Middle Ages, building family, business, reputation. And then, when the major part of the structure of our lives is completed, we realize, with a rude and cruel shock, that we have made a tragic omission. Everything is there but that which counts most. There is no God. Life is only a shell. We are spiritually well-dressed corpses. Like a ghost city gone dry, our lives have all but that which can give us meaning, vitality, joy, peace. No wonder so many of us succeed, yet inwardly regard ourselves as failures. No wonder so many of us are secretly bitter and do not know why. No wonder we have so much and enjoy so little, for we have become fatipur sikris, having everything but the source of living waters, God. Life is run dry. Our social lives are bathed in cocktails, but the soul is parched. Outside we are the envy of our neighbors. Inside we are dried up. We have been so busy with the details and facade of our lives that we forgot the fountain of living waters. And when Oti Azvu Mekor Ma'im Chaim, when you forget God, the fountain of life, then you must turn into a ghost, a shell. End quote. One of the most remarkable aspects of Rabbi Lam's sermons, ladies and gentlemen, is that they may have been written decades ago, but they are equally instructive today. I cited this sermon by Rabbi Lam on Rosh Hashanah in my own address, and inspired by Rabbi Lam, I turned then to the Torah readings of that day. At first glance, we focus on Rosh Hashanah, on some of the most central stories in our history, the birth and circumcision of Isaac, and the Akedah. And yet, as Rabbi Lam himself noted, when we look closely, we realize something striking and surprising, that many of the verses of the Rosh Hashanah readings relate to the simple question of finding water in the desert. For example, a bunch of verses in Genesis read on Rosh Hashanah seem to be devoted to discussing arguments between Abraham and the Philistines over water rights. Indeed, we read that so important was this matter to Abraham that he asked the Philistine king Abimelech to acknowledge under oath that Ani chafarti et ha that I, Abraham, dug the well. I, Abraham, have the rights to this well. The oath taken led to the name of that location, Be'er Sheva, the well of oath, ultimately the central city of the Negev. Why, ladies and gentlemen, read about something so seemingly irrelevant on Rosh Hashanah, on that day of days? While Rabbi Lam had his own reading, I suggested, based on Rabbi Lam's earlier words, that herein lies a powerful lesson. The story follows the birth of Isaac, and now that Abraham had an heir, now that the future of his faith and his people was secure, Abraham wanted to set an example for the future, teaching the generations to follow by his example. Abraham had achieved much more than most. He was wealthy with abundant flocks, He had commanded an army against kings, and now he finally had an heir. He could have built himself a palace, like those mighty Mesopotamian leaders in the society that he had abandoned. But Abraham lived his entire life in a tent, a tent open to the world. He wished to show the future, that his main focus in life was on something quite basic. Water, source of life itself. Water, a symbol of what is also most important to the life of the soul, God the true spiritual spring. Thus Be'er Sheva, the well of oath, swear to me, Abraham says, that we will record for future generations that it was I who dug this well, so that my descendants will remember my legacy, my focus on what was most important. Thus our Lamb drawing on Jeremiah inspires us to see in stories about water metaphors for our own age. In one of the many inspiring tales in his book, Let There Be Water, Seth Siegel describes 11 farms in the Negev Desert, which under the British mandate had to prove their sustainability before the British shut them down. Water was discovered at one of them, near Am. Siegel writes of one of the heroes of Israel's water history, Simcha Blass. Quote, Blass had a problem, though. He needed hardware to move the water. World War II had created massive shortages of metal and machinery with most industrial goods allocated to the war effort. In the land of Israel, many of Blass's projects were hindered by a scarcity of pumps and pipes. In the aftermath of the war, shortages continued, as there was a seemingly endless demand by the civilian sector in the U.S. and the effort to rebuild all of war-ravaged Europe. Anticipating the need to pump water to these 11 farms, Blass had quietly made arrangements to purchase a large consignment of steel pipes from an unlikely source. During the war, a special set of pipes had been laid to help put out fires caused by the Nazi Blitz of London. With the war over and the Nazi threat gone, this parallel London water system was superfluous. Blass quietly arranged to purchase all of those pipes. The expense was enormous, but high-quality pipes were hard to find. With his new trove of hardware, Blass was able to arrange for the desert farms to be linked up to Nir Am. Blass had established a regional water system that would have long-lasting impact on the Zionist cause and also on the to-be-formed nation's approach to water." End quote. It is a remarkable story that Siegel tells, and as he notes, it is inspiring to consider how pipes, used to put out the fires caused by the Nazis, suddenly became a source of sustaining life for the Jews of the Holy Land. And this story of seeking water in the Negev, where Abraham once did, provides for us a metaphor today. The endurance of the Jewish people is at least in part because throughout the centuries, our ancestors read the criticisms of Jeremiah of his own age and learned the lesson that the Prophet intended to communicate. Our ancestors therefore ensured that generation after generation, they built their homes, however humble, with a water source, meaning with a sustaining source of spiritual life. They created cultures more like Be'er Sheva and less like Fatah Sikri, less focused on the material pleasures of life and more focused on what was most basic to life. We ourselves are called to ponder this lesson every Rosh Hashanah with Jeremiah's words ringing in our ears. As for me, I hear and I miss Rabbi Lamb's voice as well. This is Mayor Soloveitchik, looking forward to learning together next week. Wishing you a Shabbat Shalom and signing off.